What's up, everybody? We're back at Draft Vice. We're here with Steve. What's up? Pamelia. How's it going? And we are here talking about fantasy football. It is fantasy football season. It is time. It's coming. It's not coming. It's here. It's here. It's it's camp is here. Beyond uh, the middle of July, camp is here. Yes. Yeah, preseason's coming up. That's going to be exciting. And uh, I like to. I said previously that you're the best time to talk about fantasy is before everybody starts going bananas about the fucking preseason because then everybody's ranks change. So today we're talking about. I'm going to go over the top 15 to 20 running backs on my uh, in my rankings, and. Running backs, man, that's a staple position, man. You need running backs to survive in fantasy football. Oh, definitely. Now, there's different methods to how you deal with running back. There's the no RB strategy where they just kind of flummox on it and they go draft every other position, and then they try to take high-reward picks later on, right? Like, oh, you know, if you spent, like, your first two picks on receiver, then a quarterback. Those those people fail every time. There might have been a couple of years where it worked. I think the year where I think the best running back was Justin Forsett. That was probably a year. Where yeah, when you have strategy. like a bad running back league. Yeah. Yeah, when there's a year where it's a bad year, where everybody's getting injured or suspended, or just not a lot of good running backs out there. I don't see that being the issue this year. The issue this year is going to be which running back am I going to take and how many and how soon. And I think the, because I think now what's become is that there's so many receivers. Yeah, and also. In those PPR leagues, too, you need the receiver who is going to catch the ball, too. And I think yeah. there's a very f- – two, three? What? That- two of the, two to three top uh, – Well, it's top- about the differential, too. Yeah. it's The differential between most of the receivers isn't much. The differential between the best running back and the, and the fifth best running back is a lot. And the difference between the fifth best running back and the 15th best running back is a lot. Oh. It's almost twice as many points. Oh, yeah. So there's a value to that. Now, there's also the aspect that running backs have a lot of risk to them. People do bring that up. That, yeah. Like, you know, if you, you know, say you take a running back high and you bust on the running back, then you're going to be fucked a lot of the time. Yep. And I also think we also are not seeing those goal line running backs anymore. Those Marshawn Lynches, those, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's really gone. I also see like. Maybe you- Zika, maybe like the three down backs, so the, the top four or five guys. Because nowadays, especially with the, the invention of PPR, there's a lot of running backs that maintain value because they catch the ball out of the backfield. You guys are like Tariq Cohen. Not scoring as many touchdowns. Not yep. scoring touchdowns, but he does have a certain amount of points that he'll get you. Yeah. That's why a lot of people still like PPR leagues. Some people are trying to get out of PPR league as a style because it um it's not really being beneficial anymore. It was back people came up with PPR leagues because there was used to be there was like three or four running backs that were really good, and nowadays there's kind of a push to get out of PPR again. Uh, I I don't have a person. I think it's all strategy, no matter what you do. I think you have to play the league you're in. Yeah, I think it's no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think there's people who like PPR for a lot of reasons. It's just another scoring advantage, and it's just something you have to keep track of. And there's some people who make the argument that uh, being able to catch the ball shouldn't be worth a whole, as much as ten yards. And then there's also half point PPR, or you can change the value of the points Correct, for yeah. catching the ball too. So, like I said, we're talking running backs today, and there's about 
there there's a good handful of running backs that are every down backs, and those are usually the ones that go early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, my uh, I think the so I have right now the top two running backs that I have on my list are guys who are in the the NFC East. Me too, absolutely. Zeke Elliott and Saquon Barkley, and I kind of go back and forth with which one I'd rather have. I think I I have I have it printed out here in front of me, but I the problem with Zeke Elliott as well as Melvin Gordon is that there might be a holdout with that with those guys, and there's they're almost serious about it now. Now that they saw yeah. how Le'Veon Bell's holdout went, well, Le'Veon Bell's wasn't a holdout; he never signed the tender, but seeing how his situation went. And how they he ended up with another team and got paid, and those two guys are looking at it, going like, "Well, we're going to get screwed because now everybody's looking at Todd Gurley, who just got injured, or who's coming off of." He's like, actually with a lingering issue. I mean, yeah, let's be honest with it. he's injured technically. Yeah, he's got he's got a long term issue, but now it's like teams saw that and they go, "Well, wait, do we want to spend on a running back here?" Yeah. So now you're seeing Melvin Gordon and Zeke, who are guys who are in the last years of their contract, go. Should we keep playing, or should we wait till next year? And I think what's funny is I don't think Le'Veon got paid. <laughs> I think I he, think I he think got, got signed, but I don't. I don't think he uh, he got the money that was like you know crazy money. I think he got probably probably the same as if he had signed with the Steelers yeah. and kept playing for them. Yeah. But there is the aspect of saying, you know what, I'm going to make the decision as to where I'm going to go. There is, there's a lot of reasons yeah. that go beyond just the money aspect of it. And keep in mind, he had already played one year on the franchise tag, and it was quite. Po- and part of his argument as to why he did it was because of the guarantees in the contract. Mm-hmm. Now, there's different arguments that go either way as to as to that contract situation. I think it's really up to the individual when they make those decisions. Like, but I think right now we're talking about fantasy and. That's something now after we dealt with the Le'Veon Bell issue last year, you have to kind of take that into account. Yeah. I mean, we, I have, I always, I always do the draft the last possible date. So like we always do it the Sunday before the season starts, but even last year, but then holdouts go into week one, week two. I mean, at that point, there's really nothing you can do about it. I well, mean, you weigh you weigh the risk. It's, yeah, you it, say, all right, exactly. am I going to take this guy or am I going to risk that I'm going to exactly. bone myself on the, it? The Do problem, you draft their backup? I mean, the problem I always find with that is that it's not whether or not you're going to take the risk; it's whether someone else is going to take the risk. And usually, if you're doing a twelve or ten person league, someone's going to take that risk. But where's the value of the risk? Are you going to exactly. take him top five? Are you going to take Zeke Elliott over Alvin Kamara? Are you going to take him over Christian McCaffrey? No, or are you gonna... I'm going to. I'm actually. I'm actually going to take. Uh, C Mac over over Elliot over Elliot. Yep, and that's just PPR. That's that's strictly that's that. true. I, I do I, I do like that concept. If you're doing PPR, I think C Mac. Now there there could be questions this year dealing with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, is he going to hold up to that workload for a second year in a row? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is Cam Newton going to be at full full strength? I mean, and actually last year. Cam Newton wasn't at full strength, and he was doing better when Cam Newton was was kind of being less used. Correct. And, and even when they shot Cam Newton down, he had one of his best games of the year. Correct. And I think that's because, like, uh, C-Mac has the ability to be your out-of-the-back wide receiver running back. Yeah. But when your quarterback is down like Newton was, he's he's – you know, still a top running back in the NFL. He has the ability to to bust those long runs out, and he'll get get. I think he gets the job done. Right now, I have Barkley one, C Mac two, mm-hmm. Elliott Kamara, 
and I have David Johnson in my fifth overall spot too. Ooh, I don't, I don't hate that concept. I just love the idea of of his involvement in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Correct, and his. I, th- I feel like the thing David Johnson always needed was a good quarterback. Yeah, and he never had one. So, and he's got a mobile quarterback, which adds to that. Oh, we have to worry about Kyler Murray running. Mm-hmm. We have to worry about him catching it out of the backfield. We got to worry about. Uh, the only issue I have with David Johnson is that that O-line is trash still. It's a bit better. Yeah. They traded for a, a right tackle from the Steelers. They, I, you know, Maybe Justin Pugh will maybe get through a whole season healthy. Uh, so they have pieces there, and they did attack a lot of aspects of it. And it's also going to be a higher-paced offense Absolutely. than it was the last two years. I think you're going to get a real Pac-12 team out of the Arizona Cardinals this year. I mean, it's just going to be run, gun, run for your lives, get that ball moving. And then they still have Fitzgerald. <laughs> he's still, old. He's, and he's also I get a good it. blocking receiver. I mean, but he he's, yeah, he's an all-around great football player yeah. and, and a weapon. And the other thing with Fitz, uh, the other thing with the Cardinals and the other thing with David Johnson is David Johnson was still a top 12 running back last year. Last year, coming so, off an injury. I mean, he proved that he's worth Coming off an injury in a team up. that was so stagnant. And and they didn't throw to him out of the backfield, and they and they had Mike McC- uh, McCoy as their uh, freaking OC, who got fired twice, two years in a row mid season. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking I I, I totally agree with uh, the feelings on uh, David Johnson. Yeah, I didn't have him as high. I have him like in that next grouping, but I that. I mean, that's a good re- like everything you've said so far is good reasoning as to want to grab onto him. Yep, yeah. and also I just think that. I mean, as far as the position, those that running back, if they can give you those numbers, mm-hmm. you got to take them because there's those are the five. I have my level built off at five right there. You got Bar- I got Barkley, C Mac, Elliott, Kamara, Johnson. What if you're not in PPR? Do you think that's all still the same? Um, because they still get receiving yardage. Correct. I I it's still all, think it's still about the yardage. I still yeah exactly. I mean, you can even argue that like. All right, we don't have top Todd Gurley in that top five. Mm-hmm. We don't have Lev Bell in that top five. Melvin Gordon. We don't have Melvin Gordon, and those guys are P- more PPR guys anyway. Uh, no, I Lev Bell. I mean, come Lev on. Bell. I think Lev Bell this year will definitely be. Yeah, I think Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley had a lot of touchdowns, and they had a they did catch the ball, but I don't think they were purely like they're not. I think C Mac and Barkley had more PPR. Of course. Advantages. I mean, I just feel like my draft strategy, I don't care telling you right now, but I want to go just like I did last year. I did running back first no matter what. Mm-hmm. RBNM. <laughs> um, but uh, running back first no matter what, try to get one of those top five picks because I really think those are the top five picks unless you have some crazy guy who wants Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then I go I go uh, wide receiver back-to-back in two and three. I love this. I love that idea. I don't think you're missing out on any of those mid-level running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was kind of coming back two, three that you can't get the same numbers out of a four or a fifth pick. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's how I'm going to look at a bunch of these because I know the way I've been mocking. It's like one of those five guys. Well, see, I didn't. I have not done a single mock draft in looking at this. And part, I think that there's a good thing to that because you're not going by other people's feelings on it. You're not going by other people's rankings on Correct. it. Correct. And you're not going by 
because it's going to change by by September. Yeah, it's... I don't like doing mock drafts before August, before I have finalized real tried to be finalized ranks before the preseason. Yeah, the the problem with me is like I know there's a group of running backs I'm just not looking at, but it's for two reasons. One, I feel like third and or second to third round running backs mm-hmm. when you're when you're drafting those is that's your biggest question mark because i feel like i don't, I don't know disagree this, I actually don't, i think I, it's hard to find a running back outside of those top few rounds those top guys and then you have your your guaranteed i don't want to call them mediocre but your your top you know rb2s right so so you don't you don't need an RB1 as your RB2 to be successful in fantasy football, especially if you're spending that pick on a wide receiver. Um, I I also just don't like the guys who is in that little group as of now. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of question marks. Like, Todd Gurley is a huge question mark. I love the idea of taking Henderson just to throw on my bench because of how big the question mark is on Todd Gurley. Yeah, I could see that if you're in later rounds. And I... I used to subscribe to a similar strategy as I would t- I would take one good running back and then do re- draft a bunch of receivers. I've noticed that those it's hard to always gauge which one's going to pop. And the ones that tend to be are the ones who are rookies. So Henderson's a good one to do it with. Yep. Um but he's got a guy in front of him who is good when he's healthy. Now again we're talking about lingering issues there. But one of the things I've noticed is after the 5th round, right? Trying to get another running back isn't doesn't always have a good value to it, and having an RB one as your RB two does add a bit of value. It depends on how you. It also depends on how comfortable you feel with drafting wide receivers and how you have your receivers yeah. ranked. See now, I think having a malleable strategy outside that first round, because usually your first round you have the top twelve guys who you think you're going to go after. Absolutely, right? yeah. I think having a malleable strategy is good. I can see the value in take going running back, running back. I can see the value. I can even see the value in somebody saying, you know what, I'm going to go receiver, receiver, and then I'm going to do that. I don't always, I don't agree with it. I've never done it, and I've seen people who've done it year. and it bombed. This year is very bad. I, I saw somebody do it last year and it bombed for yeah, them. Yeah. So I've seen test. I've seen the the test out of it, and the problem is, is figuring out who's going to be the number one receiver is really hard sometimes. Very hard, especially with like. The idea now nowadays of you know your slot receiver technically being like RW you know WR two yeah but some teams your slot receiver is your only receiver yeah so you know and I my oh, team Cooper I have a big Cup question. on the LA Rams exactly yeah, a very, very big now like with my strategy I grabbed him as my flex yeah and that, I feel like that um and this is just like my most recent mock draft but like well let's go back to running back yeah you know? we're going to hop on running backs yeah, it's let's... just it's just very hard the way wide receivers uh affect running back yeah talk. there's a yeah it, well it's a differential thing we're talking yeah. about trash strategies and where it's valuable to take a running back yeah. uh you know you're saying you want to go running back maybe receiver receiver and then try just get an RB2 to fill out those extra points yeah RB2 or my flex you know it's it, that's that's my round 5 yeah so I have Barkley and Zeke, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. I have Mel. I really like Melvin Gordon. Again, Melvin Gordon's another one of those guys, though. That Gordon and Zeke hold out talks. If they end up playing this year, they're in my top five. Mm-hmm. I like Melvin Gordon. 
I don't see any reason why Melvin Gordon would take a step back because he's not on any worse team than he was last year, and it's it's gotten better. The only issue is they lost Tyrell Williams, but I think that they that has very little effect on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then have Todd Gurley in that next range, right? Because Todd Gurley's that guy who it's going to come down to how how I feel he's going to go uh, be going into the year, mm-hmm. right? He's got injury risks. Also, they have some O-line transitions, uh, two major O-line yeah. transitions, and they didn't draft anybody really high for the offensive line this year. Nope. They're they're going into this year with guys who are in their 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 sophomores. They drafted them a year ago. They're going to see how they play. Uh, Whitworth's getting older, and Whitworth can get injured. And Whitworth, you know, thirty eight years old is, you know, while an Iron Man and a great tackle. There's definitely that chance that he doesn't make it through the year, that mm-hmm. he can get injured, or that he takes a step back. And he, I like Whitworth. I think that, and I think that he was a big reason why they took a step forward. Yeah. I think their offensive line was a big reason why they took a step forward. They invested in in a lot of offensive line and free agency a few years ago. A lot of those guys are gone or are about to leave, and it's uh, if. If Whitworth goes down, I do not feel comfortable with the Todd Gurley situation. No, no. And I, I might drop Todd Gurley down more as I go into the year, but I, right now as a mid-July look at he played well, but there's two major red flags, and that might drop him out of the first round for me just because of how scary that can be. Oh, yeah. I want to see more going into the summer. Uh, the next group of guys, I had David Johnson, Joe Mixon, and Nick Chubb. And all three of those guys, I have questions with offensive line. Uh, but they're all uh, Nick Chubb. I have more. I have the question with the offensive line, and then there's always the Kareem Hunt situation. Yeah, but he Kareem Hunt's not coming back for eight weeks. Eight weeks, right? He, yeah. he has an eight week suspension, and also and that doesn't mean they'll totally evaporate what Nick Chubb does. Correct. Exactly. I mean, he's got eight weeks to prove that he's the lead <laughs> he's, guy. He's the lead guy, and. And a lot of people are saying, well, Kareem Hunt's Kareem Hunt. You know, you're not going to not start Kareem Hunt. But let me tell you, the Browns have a huge opportunity to do good things. And if they're in the, uh, if they're six and two, seven and one come week eight, they're not moving Chubb around. No. No. They'll teach Kareem Hunt how to be a wide receiver before they do that. I mean, they'll, or they'll play them both, or exactly. they'll, they'll, they'll they'll do like a, a thunder and lightning kind of thing. Yeah. But with the, they're not going to take Chubb out completely. No. And not only that, but we saw in Kansas City what happened when Kareem Hunt left is somebody stepped into his place. Exactly. So we don't even, you know, not that I think Kareem Hunt's bad. I liked Kareem Hunt coming out of college. One of my favorite players. And I think that 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 was coming out. And I think that this is a, but I think Nick Chubb is really good too. And Nick Chubb's got some wheels, man. Nick Chubb is, I, I. Now, I will say this though. There is this thing that I have going in my head, like. All right, so the trade deadline's week eight as well, right? Yeah. So I think if Kareem Hunt, let's say, had like a four-game suspension mm-hmm. or a six-game suspension, you could have looked for a trade of one of those two guys. Well, I think they'll trade Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, this. I think, will be gone before the start of the season. You really think so? Yeah, I think he's out because they also have... Well, he was holding out a little bit, he's but now holding he's out, back, but he, but he but also he, has a lot of versatility. Yeah, They also got Hillard, that... that yeah, he's he's just kind of a camp guy. But I and, think he's a good backup. He did play last year, right? He did play a little he bit. He was in that wishbone thing that they did. Yeah. He, so he, he threw an interception. 
He yeah, threw, he yeah. threw an interception. He threw an interception. <laughs> they did a they did a wildcat thing, and he threw an interception. I think no, they were getting a little. I can cute, also see but... like the, it's crazy, but I can see the Browns picking up another guy. Oh, and I could and I could see them keeping Hunt and and Chubb and keeping Hillard and trading away Duke, uh, Duke Johnson. Yeah, and going into next year, they take somebody or they pick somebody up off the waiver wire. I think they might pick of... someone up off of like this year's waiver before the season. And get rid of. Uh, I don't think Johnson. I think Johnson wants to have significant playing. I think to him, if he's playing because Kareem Hunt's suspended, well, especially one of these teams that have a holdout. Yeah, if I mean, you're the Chargers and go. you're like, shit, we need, you know, we don't want to pay Melvin Gordon, and they find a suitor, they find a suitor who wants to take Melvin Gordon, yeah. or the Cowboys find a suitor that wants. I don't to take think Zico. the Cowboys have anybody behind. Uh, I think this. I think the Cowboys will pay Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I'm just I saying that the, the Cowboys the don't have will pay anything. Melvin. Behind Zeke Elliott, they have uh, Tony Pollard and Mike Weber, whoever those are. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I, I could definitely see a, a potential for one of those two teams. And that's something that didn't happen before. That was something we weren't thinking about, but now we have two running backs who want to hold out yep. who these teams are going to go into the year. It's like, shit, we need somebody with at least some proven value. So you said your second group consisted of Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Joe Nick, Chubb, Nick Chubb, okay, and David Johnson. David Johnson. All guys who have, A, ability to catch out of the backfield, Mm-hmm. Uh, three down ability also all have offensive line issues and question marks. Okay. And I, I'm I'm wondering why Lev Bell is not in that group. He's in the next tier down, and the only reason why I I, I you could even put him in that tier. It's not any. I I don't think I want to risk. I I almost kind of feel like what I can can compare Lev Bell to, and the more I think about it, I think of him like when Matt Forte went to the, the Jets. Except Matt Forte did well his first year with the Jets. Yeah. So people forget that. I just, it's not, uh, you can put him up or down. He's just the next one out of those guys. Okay. So it's those, you know, four guys. And even if you put him in that grouping, it's 10 players. It's 10 running backs. And I, and I really do like Le'Veon Bell. I don't believe in the Jets offensive line. And even less than I believe in the offensive lines that I listed out. The Cincinnati Bengals, we already saw Joe Mixon behind that offensive line two years ago. We saw him behind that offensive line last year. And the other thing is is they lost Clint Bowling. Jonah Williams is now injured, so they're not even going to get their rookie left tackle. Uh, so they got Cordy Glenn at left tackle, who's had injury issues. So all those guys I'm really worried about and I'm really kind of in a holding pattern with. And going into the year, I was a little bit more comfortable. I think the one that, the one that I feel the most comfortable with is actually – I like Nick Chubb a lot. Yeah, no, Nick and Chubb I, is there. And I think Nick He's Chubb and, and all the other three guys have a chance to really move down my list as I go into the year because – and David Johnson and Nick Chubb might go up more and Todd Gurley and Joe Mixon might fall down more. All right, so comparing your second group to my second group, you have Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, David Johnson, and – Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. And you could even put Le'Veon Bell in there. It's not – there's so, not a huge distinction. So my second group is just smaller, I guess. Yeah. And it's just a to me, it's like the high quality question mark guys. Yeah. So my high quality question mark guys are Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. That's technically my second group, and then all by himself, only because he's not a question mark, is someone you haven't touched on yet, and that's James Conner from Pittsburgh Steelers. He's in that next group. As next well. group as well. Yeah, and part of I I like James Conner. They they have two major issues. They lost Mike Munchak, and the Heat. He was one of the reasons why that offensive line performed really well mm-hmm. over the years. And they also got rid of their right tackle. They lost Mike Munchak. 
they're not going to have Antonio Brown. That offense is going to take a step back, I think. See, but that was a huge, to me, um, I think Juju's going to get killed this year because... He's going to get double covered. He's double covered he's and everything. He's proven guy. And he's, and exactly. So I think that was actually a plus to James Conner. Because he'll get a lot of check downs. I think he's going to get a lot of check downs. I think they're going to change him, you know, like turn him into a left bell point two. Uh, Especially, but he's, he's not as good. He, he He's like 80%. He is not as, I mean. He's 80% of Le'Veon Did he not though. finish the year as like the number three running back last year? Fantasy-wise? No, he didn't. Because you had you had Barkley, who did well. Zeke Elliott did well. Zeke Elliott did Todd well. Todd I know Christian Mack did well and Todd Gurley did well. Yeah, so he didn't finish I, third. Not third. Are we talking like top five? He was in the top ten. So. I think he improves off of last year. I think he was high last year. I, Well, I think he – I'm looking at a step back for the major reason of, again, they lost Mike Munchak and that, that – that offensive line is a lot. Now maybe they believe in their assistant head their assistant yeah. O line coach, so I can totally see and you still have a lot of the same players on that O line, so I don't think their coaching's gonna take a step back that much. No. But you know, people start trying to make Ben throw to the other receivers. Uh-huh. I think it's gonna be you know, they're gonna try to stuff the box. They're gonna try to I think they're gonna try to make it a headache. And I'm not saying I don't like James Conner, I would probably put him in, you know, he's in that next round of grouping. I just, when I look at the, I also look at the high upside of the other players, and he might move above Joe Mixon and Todd Gurley eventually, yeah. going well, further. But. He was uh, he was number seven ranked uh, running back last year. Yes, yeah, so he was a top ten. Top ten. You had Kareem Hunt, Joe Mixon, and David Johnson behind him. So... But what we're saying right now is David Johnson, I think, is going to take a step forward. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know about Joe Mixon, though. That's my big question mark. Well, yeah, and I think Joe Mixon, I'm, I, like I said before, the O-line issues are making me deflate on Mixon. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see a trade, if I see something that makes me think that I can keep Mixon in that spot. And Mixon was a top 10 running back, too. I Yeah, true. I mean, he was only, not, he was nine. He's still top 10, but. I, I do understand the res- – and, and, again, I might drop Joe Mixon a bit, especially mm-hmm. after the, the the issues with the O-line, the fact that they had issues last year. They had even worse time before that. Just because we're breaking down these running backs on a very, like, singular basis right now. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question. Let's move up the list one more for, for one more guy. Alvin Kamara this year. So Alvin Kamara is now the guy. Yeah. All right. So Ingram is in Baltimore. Is Kamara a better player, or is he tire out? You think he tires out? I don't think so. Because I think they'll they'll manage him if if they think that's going to be an issue. Yeah, they'll find a way to manage him. Yeah. So I I have no worries about Kamara about him performing the same way he's done the last two years because either they're going to use him and they're going to use him as much as they can, or they're going to go ahead and say, all right, wait a second, Kamara's having issues. All right, let's you know, he's slowing down let's this week. We'll there. get somebody else in. I just okay, so I feel the same way. I think Kamara's going to have probably even a better year this year, fantasy wise, points wise, because he's going to have more touches. He, I feel like his touchdown number is going to go up because you look at Mark Ingram; he didn't have not as nearly as much touches as Kamara, but he had actually, I believe, more touchdowns than Kamara did. A lot, he had third down goal line stuff from Ingram, that big guy. 
But <clears throat> I think that the Saints running game is going to be worse because I feel that they don't want to touch Kamara in the way that they... Well, he's just... Are... He, his inside running skills aren't as good Correct. as say mark ingram he gets so run inside and i think whoever's gonna do that to run inside well enough to make him have to have to go ahead and try to plug up that hole and he does he runs inside well enough he's a better outside zone runner mm -hmm. than he is an inside zone runner he they run a lot of zone uh zone running scheme and he's gonna run outside a lot more often he's gonna run inside but he can run inside well enough where they still have to plug up the middle yeah they have Latavius Murray in as the uh, second RB right now for New Orleans. Oh, so yeah, that'll. So I, I kind of like a, that. And they—that's a team that values their O line. When they lost an O line, they lost Unger. They went out and they got another offensive lineman. So and then they drafted an offensive lineman. They yeah. so they they'll go out of their way to ass, uh, address uh, the O line. So I feel less worried about the the Saints offensive line than I do about other. O lines that tend to go through changes. Mm -hmm. uh, one guy who we haven't talked about yet, who's on my top twelve list, is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. I think that's a guy who's going to take a step forward. He's in my top twelve. I think he's going to be an RB one. I think that he was playing really well before he had his injury. He had I think last year there was two major issues before he came in. He was coming off of an injury, which you're talking about an ACL injury for a running back who played four games in his rookie year. I don't think he was fully healed yet, and I think he was having some setbacks. They also he... had one of the worst offensive lines, yeah. and they lost their O-line coach before the start of the season. Tony Sperano passed away last year. That yeah, was their O-line right. coach. So those all played into big, big factors for them, for uh, Dalvin Cook not playing as well. Yeah, He I mean... also plays against the uh, NFC East, the AFC West, uh, the Falcons, and Seattle. The only – that's really – that's a rough – uh, string of run defenses to go up against, I think. And he plays, let's not forget, he plays the Bears twice a year, too. Yeah. <laughs> Number one defense. So that's the only issue I have with it, but they address offensive line in the draft, and I, some would argue that they kind of reached, but they at least went for a guy who fit what they wanted to do. Um, I I think that Dalvin Cook will be at least like an RB 12, a uh, top 12 RB. And there's a chance that he can take a step forward. I don't think his schedule does a lot for him. Uh, but I think there's other aspects of his gameplay that will be helpful. I think, and, and the, and not for nothing, the AFC West isn't the AFC West where they were really good at stopping the run. They're more of a anti-pass defense kind of team, uh, AFC West. So I don't know. I think that he's not going to have too much of a hard time. No, I think he's got an average schedule. I do think the NFC East and the Seattle Seahawks make it harder, but the Falcons and the AFC West. Yeah. I mean, as far as your that rounding out your top 12 running backs, I, I'm pretty sure I would have the same guys in there, maybe yeah. not in the same order, uh, but, you know, really you're only going to get one of those guys. Yeah, that's the thing. Is so, who are you going to take a first-round pick on? Now, you might, especially if you're taking a 12, you might go, all right, maybe I think I can get the number one receiver at that point. Or yeah, 10, you, you're getting the number one receiver. Well. Depends on where you're drafting in a top, in a 12-team draft. Correct, yeah. Um, especially, I mean, I think. Is there anybody in the top 12 that you that you would have put in that's not, that. Consensus, consensus being uh, as far as like mock drafts and stuff like that, 
The only other running back that I really saw break the top 12 in some cases, which is kind of weird, a rookie, Josh Jacobs out of Oakland. I have him on my on the second half of my sheet. Yeah. But he's not near that spot. <laughs> yeah, so... I have him in that next area of guys that I was looking at as far as running backs go. And these are the guys who I still want to talk about. And they're in this next tier of running backs that I think are can take a step forward, can be really good, can be RB1s, can but I, I and I don't think they should take but I don't think they should maybe cost you too much to draft them. And it's Leonard Fournette, Carry on Johnson, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle, and Josh Jacobs. I think the ones that I'm really interested in there are I honestly don't know how I feel about Leonard Fournette going into this year. I don't either. Uh, I don't. I, I could see Leonard Fournette being a top five running back, and I could also see him shitting the bed again. Yep. And that's what my one worry is with Leonard Fournette. on Johnson had some injury issues last year. I thought he performed very well. I thought he played very well. I think you're. I think he's a guy who I think will take a step forward this year. Yep. Aaron Jones, I didn't think the the team previously had used him very well. He play. I think he's better than Jamal Williams. I think he's a better pass catcher. I think he's a better running back. I think he's a little bit more athletic. He's not good at pass blocking, and that was something that was holding him back a bit. And I mm-hmm. think that's why the old uh, staff there didn't care much for him. Sony Michelle. We didn't get to see a full season of Sony Michelle, well, but we did get to see the second half of last year, and he played really well towards the end of the season and into the playoffs. I'm I'm super high on Sony Michelle. Um, he's so. In my in my draft strategy, I'm taking hopefully I'm taking one of the big guys in the first round, wide receiver, wide receiver, and my fourth and fifth round are based on how far Sony Michelle is uh, away from that top guy in the overall. Uh, every time I I try to get him on my team every year, I love the idea of Sony Michelle really being the guy in New England. Now you always have Dion Lewis. He's not not Deion Lewis, James uh, White. James White. Taking away the PPR and the pass catching. Correct. But I feel like after last year... Uh, you feel a little bit better about trying to get him. Correct. And I also feel like the, the Patriots might um, be giving some of that workload from James White to Sonny Michelle after him proving himself in the last eight weeks of last year. Yeah. So, and I, I, that's why those are... You know, Leonard Fournette's a guy I feel like he's kind of on the down... Those other three guys are on the up. And then Josh Jacobs is in that grouping as well. And Josh Jacobs is a rookie coming out of Alabama. He was a very good pass blocker. Doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. He is a very good runner. He kind of reminded me of Kareem Hunt a little bit coming Mm -hmm. out of college. And the only difference is is he's going to – he's not going to the Kansas City Chiefs. And he wasn't picked in the third round. He's picked in the first round. Mm -hmm. So – but he's going to the Raiders, and if you remember last year, Jalen Rashard had a lot of checkdowns, and I think that you know if you're going to draft a running back in the first round, now we saw this with the Seattle Seahawks where they drafted a running back in the first round and then they didn't play him for the most part with Rashad <laughs> Penny. But I think he'll be starting this year, by the way. I think Pete Carroll has more. Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick are the two coaches who have the balls enough to big enough balls to say, you know what. I might have drafted this guy first round. I might have said yes to it. I don't think I'm going to go ahead and risk my team on it by yeah. playing them. They're the two guys who will look at a mistake and go, I think it's a mistake. Or they'll look at it and go, all right, maybe just not. We're not going to run that risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I don't, don't care what anyone else thinks. I don't know if Josh Jacobs is going to be in that same department. I think that Gruden's going to believe in his guy. I think they vetted J- Josh Jacobs. People knew they wanted Josh Jacobs going into the draft. Yeah, yeah that was a big So one. I think Josh Jacobs is a guy that he's uh, – there. I, I do think he's a good guy to target. I would take him in that third, fourth, fifth round area. I think he's going to get a lot of checkdowns. He could definitely catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I absolutely like him as a player. But there's I, just that risk. He's a rookie. He's a we rookie. have to see him take NFL snaps. We have to see yeah. what he looks like. And that, the problem is, to me, with that, is that he that he's from Alabama. Uh, Alabama, sometimes their guys are really, really good on Alabama. Yeah. But it's magnified because they're, they're Crimson Tide. They come out, and you have a bunch of guys, to me, a bunch of guys who have just been that guy, that Heisman Trophy winner. And I mean, he wasn't. Well, but... I'm, not, I'm also not saying take Josh Jacobs in the first round. I'm not no, saying no, no, take no. him in the second Absolutely. round. Absolutely. I'm just saying. And I also think the value. I think the other thing is you might get an RB one out of him. You could. That's the that's the value of taking a guy yeah, like Josh Jacobs. Absolutely. That's the value of all five of these guys. They I, can all be RB ones. I believe. I would add two guys to that group. Who? Um. So number one would be. Uh, it's, it sounds a little weird. Philip Lindsay, in Denver. He's getting first the, team reps. I understand the reasoning behind that. And and not a lot of other weapons on that team. My only issue with Philip Lindsay is he was not the every down back last year. I don't think he has a chance to be RB1. Like his his upside is capped is what my issue is with Philip Lindsay. Okay. I think he's a solid place guy. Um Yeah, he's I, not a guy who I, I take I, back my statement. I don't think he would be an RB1. Yeah, that's that's the issue. I don't. I, think, I don't. I don't think he fits into that. But I feel like he is now. There is the aspect the top of RB two. I think he's on the right team. I think yeah. he. I, I think Mike Munchak's gonna upgrade that O line. They they went out of their way to address offensive line. They got Jawan uh, Taylor, mm-hmm. not Jawan Taylor. Um, Jawan James out of Miami in free agency to be the right tackle. They still have Ronald Leary who had some injury issues last year. Hopefully, Garrett Bowles takes a step forward. Uh, they lost Matt Paradise, but uh, I, I think that they're going to... They I think Mike Munchak's going to come in and help coach up that team. And I think he was involved in a lot of the personnel decisions because that's why you would get a guy like that, is a guy who is good at what he does, and you would run everything by him as far as offensive line if you thought, hey, uh, we don't think we have the guys here to be able to do this. So... Uh, I like Philip Lindsay. I just don't think he's going to end up being a top. Like I don't. I don't think he's going to be a top five running back. And oh, that's no. kind of what I try to draft towards. Is, yeah. Does this guy have a chance to be a top five, top six running back? Now, if it came down to the last four weeks, my second guy who who I kind of like in the conversation. If it came down to the last five weeks, maybe less than that of last year, the craziest thing I ever saw, Derek Henry. Tennessee. I have him in this next grouping of people I want to talk about. Okay, but Derek Henry. Um, my issue with Derrick Henry is a couple of things. One, they have a new offensive coordinator who is a tight ends coach. So maybe they'll run the ball more. I, I It's kind of hard to gauge with mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. I, we saw him perform really well at the end of the year. I mean, he was the best in the NFL at the end of the year last year. Part of that was kind of game plan. Part of it was them just kind of forcing it down other people's throats. Yeah. Uh, part of it was that Mariota was still recovering from a ulnar nerve injury. Now, you could say, well, if that's what they were getting out of him from not having a good, not having a, a functioning quarterback, 
What are they going to get at him when they have a functioning quarterback? You still need them to build a team around him. Like he's not an all-around RB. Like he's not. I I don't think anybody will ever mistake him for RB one. I think he could be though. You if, really think he could be? I well, there's the thing. I think I don't think you draft him thinking he uh, would he, be your RB one unless you had a strategy where you went like wide receiver, wide receiver, took a quarterback, and now you're stuck with him kind of as your first running back picked. But I think, though, if he has a year like he had, uh, you, he, he might be up there. You know, If he's the best running back on your team, obviously he's your RB1. But <laughs> They also but, have Deion Lewis there, too. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing that worries me about him is that Deion Lewis is your – Deion Lewis is a good running back, and too. he's but he's just a touchdown stealer. I Not mean, just that, but he's a better pass well, catcher out of the backfield. He he actually runs inside really well for a small guy. Mm -hmm. He he, uh, I think he's a better all around running back. So you have the aspect of he's competing for for touches. Uh, he doesn't fit every playbook. You don't know what this new coach, this new offensive coordinator, is going to want to do. Uh, it's also a team that that how they looked at their offensive line was uh, like how they handled the whole offensive line situation because they they're not going to keep uh, Conklin around, mm -hmm. so they're they're going to lose a right tackle after this year. So they believe that Conklin doesn't fit that scheme. Uh, they did draft an offensive guard, and they've had some guard issues in the past. So hopefully Nate Davis performs. I but I also don't know what the the strategy is, right? One of my issues with Derrick Henry is I don't know what the strategy is going forward. Mm -hmm. Whereas in past years you could see it sometimes. You could see when they were uh when the Titans traded for uh DeMarco Murray mm -hmm. and they had DeMarco Murray. You could see the strategy there in what they were doing. Yep. Uh they said they were going to be a exotic smash mouth team. He caught a lot of passes. He'd run it down. You know, he was a great running back. They they invested into the O line. I don't know what the strategy is going into this team. I don't know if the the plan is going to be. I think we're going to run a lot of power or we're going to run a lot of outside zone. I think he's a two down back. I think he's a two down back. He he's not completely inept at catching the ball, but that's an aspect of it too. Is okay if you're in a PPR league, there's going to be guys that are going to be way better than him at catching the ball out of the backfield, being able to run a variety of running concepts for yeah. that team. And because I don't know how they're going to handle that, I just I don't know the situation around him. No, I think it's he, he picking him is a total total cover your eyes, click the button. See you know where I, what round would you take him in? Uh, I know we're not, we don't have like necessarily real ranks right now. We're no, kinda, no, no. But, we don't have the full board. But. So, so for my RB two, I think if Sony Michelle was the first guy I'm looking to get as my RB two, let's say that's fifth round. Yeah. Um, I I am if he's there. See, you haven't mocked draft this year. I have. He's like technically in the fifth round. He's like probably the third top running back available in the fifth round, and it always is gone by the sixth. That, so I probably won't get him. Yeah. And that's the point of why I don't mock draft before I do yeah, my yeah. ranks, is that I have to know that I don't want this guy. I have to know Correct. what the value yeah. is in my head before I start taking in other people's mm -hmm. value. Now, based on what I was saying about Derrick Henry, was that 
Because I, I haven't taken before the sixth round. And I haven't picked him um, yet in a mock draft because I don't like him. I don't like him being drafted that high. I just wanted your take on it because of how high he is going. And I think the, it's just basically like, oh, look what he did in the last three weeks of the of the season. And that's a hard gauge because it's a hard gauge because you don't know what the strategy Ex- was, and you don't know if they're going to keep exactly. that strategy. And also, you don't know if the teams that they were playing were like were having issues at that point Correct. that were injury issues. And there, there's some assessment to that going in. I just I, there's a lot to Derrick Henry. I think he's got if he's in the right scheme. If I knew what they were going to use him for, I'd like him better on Jacksonville. I feel like also with Derrick Henry is he I you you won't be able to tell with him. You won't be able to tell until it's too late. Until wait, well too late. Like I think like I think he's like one of those guys like Fitzpatrick, right? Fitzpatrick comes out and he's like a complete beast the first four mm-hmm. weeks of the season. Okay, but then like. I don't know if they put in Winston or he had a bad game. Then they put in Winston, but like, and then you're like, oh, sh- like, why did I even waste cap on 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 getting this guy off the wire? But I feel like he's going to be like the same thing. Now he's definitely going to get drafted. He's definitely going to be on a team. Yeah. But but what are you missing out on when you draft him? Because keep in mind, if you're taking him fifth round, exactly, that you're missing out receiver, on. That could be a tight end. That could be, you know, if if some if you're in a smart league, that could be a good quarterback. And and that depends on like what what kind of league you're in, knowing your own league, and also like I w- I would never take him in the fifth round. I can't I can't imagine there'll be that many people like especially because how I know how I draft, I think that I would rather take the guy who I think can be a higher upside pick. For instance. There's a couple of rookie guys who I like. Okay. They're not in that area. They probably won't be taken in that spot. But there's Mo- uh, David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. Both were drafted by NFC te- uh, NFC teams. David Montgomery's on the Chicago Bears, and Miles Sanders on the Eagles. I don't know if Miles Sanders is going to end up being uh, a factor right away going into the Eagles, but they spent a second round pick on him. I had some questions with Sanders going into the year. They have a veteran uh, some- too. Veteran starting on Philly too, Jordan Howard. That's I'm not worried about Jordan Howard. But that, I don't think he has. I think the, it's a better situation for Miles Sanders going in, taking his spot. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. That looks like you know. And he and not for nothing, I think it was a flyer. Them taking Jordan Howard was like, oh, you know what? We'll see what we get with him because that was, that was kind of like, all right, well, so essentially is, they knew that they didn't want to keep him. That's Philadelphia. If we want to take a look at their wide receiver. Yeah, Jordan Howard, uh, Miles San- Sanders. Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, Boston Scott, Josh Adams. And I don't even dislike a lot of those other running backs on the team, but I just don't I I have him in a spot where he's very athletic. He had some fumbling issues. That might keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind that that's something and I don't see John I don't see uh uh God, what's the guy's name? I don't know. Uh the coach of uh Philadelphia. Oh, I call him Clinton just because he reminds me so much of Bill Clinton. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to say John like the... DiFilippo because that's the that's the no, QB no. coach who is used to be there. That used to be their QB coach. D Podesta? No. D... That guy, you know that guy. That guy. But yeah, he I'm just sure I'll remember. Yeah, he just He's not gonna put a guy on the field who's gonna keep fumbling. Oh no. That's gonna be the No, yeah. David Montgomery, I kinda like him as the counterpart to what Tariq Cohen can do. He's like Jordan Howard, but he can catch and he can run down the middle. Yeah, I know. So they got Mike Davis, they got David Montgomery, they got Tariq Cohen. 
I like David Montgomery. And these guys, these rookies, I think, are good if you're going to take them later, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to spend... It depends on how the summer goes and where they end up landing. But I like David Montgomery, and I think he's a better player than, say, uh, Mike Davis. Mike Davis is good. Is a is maybe, like, slightly above league average running back, at league average running back. Like, they signed him because they went, we know we don't want Jordan Howard. We're going to trade him away. We think he's better than Jordan Howard. And I, I kind of agree with them on that as far yeah. as, some, as some of his ability goes. Future, future. I think that's a, there's nothing left in the future for Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. Yeah, uh, he can't catch. He can't. Doesn't fit our scheme. Maybe jersey sales if he stayed in Chicago. <laughs> like, hey. well, our, our our fans need one jersey that they can count on. <laughs> um, I think David Montgomery. I think you could have David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen on the field at the same time. Oh, yeah. I think he can be. He could be really good in the screen pass game, which is a big thing that came out of Kansas City. You, you know, and not for nothing, the the head coach in Chicago is from Kansas city mm-hmm. and comes from that coaching tree. So I, I like David Montgomery as another guy to keep in the back of your head as far. And I'd rather get those two guys than take Derek Henry. Uh, some other guys who I, I like uh, to look at is uh, Darius Geis. I want to talk about Washington because there's two teams that come to mind when I think of, well, not two te- teams that come to mind, but, Really weird running back situation. Yes, there's a lot of them. There's a, there's quite a few. There's Indianapolis. There is San Francisco, Washington, that, Washington, and I feel like the Jets can now be in that consideration. If you look at the 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 Jets uh, running backs, you got Le'Veon Bell, Ty Montgomery, <laughs> Elijah McGuire, Trent Cannon, Bilal Powell, all played last year all started last year at one point or another. Now, they, of course, you had Cannon, who was essentially like a running back. Or, I mean, a, a fullback running back. And um, I don't think any of those guys are in competition to Le'Veon Bell. No, no, no. Not in competition to Le'Veon Bell. They're definitely going to see time, though. Yeah, you might ro- rotate them in. They, you know, they might. Ty Montgomery last year was on Green Bay, right? Yeah, do you know why he's not on Green Bay? Well... They had. They didn't have the best of years last year. No, he he fumbled a kickoff when they told him to take a knee in the end zone, and he decided to go rogue. So that's the guy who's now on your team. Okay, that's fine. And he also, but I, and I I kind of liked how Ty Montgomery could become. Like I liked what he could be, but he and he actually when you think about Le'Veon Bell, he's the kind of guy who would be a good backup for Le'Veon Bell. And has that ability to play slot receiver and has that mm-hmm. ability to kind of, if Le'Veon Bell needed to take a yeah. break or get off the field. And I, I pay attention to the Jets because I'm a Jets fan, obviously. But one of the weirdest, we're going to get back to Washington because that, that situation Gary's is crazy. AP. AP, I mean, the names go on. Last year, the starting running back for the Jets, Bilal Powell, is now their fifth string running back. <laughs> I, that is a weird situation. But let's get to um, Washington. I'm going to pull up there. Because let's not forget, they did they did draft last year's top running back it, to me in the draft. So Bryce Love. Yeah, so Bryce, Bryce Love's coming off an ACL tear. I, I thought that was an interesting pick, but I also don't know if he really applies very well to the NFL. But I also think it's a weird situation with, with him and Darius. Because remember, guys he's coming, coming off, off ACL, ACL also. So you, you well, have, his ACL was a lot earlier, though. Correct. And he's had a couple of complications with it. Which has been a big Washington problem to begin with. The Washingtons had a lot of issues mm-hmm. with people with their uh, medical staff. Apparently, 
I don't get how that keeps happening, but <laughs> maybe you should look into that. But there, this is like that area of once you're after that, like that top 17 running backs in your rank, you want to keep an eye on guys who have that ability to break into the top five or 10. And which is a really hard thing to do. The typical ones that do it are the rookies and the guys who I think are going into schemes that fit them very well. Yeah. Team changes. Yeah. Um, one of the teams that I think is interesting is Indianapolis because they have Marlon Mack. And they might be a team that trades for a running back or does something. They have Hines, though, too, right? Naheem Hines. Mm-hmm. He can kind of be their Tariq Cohen-ish kind of player. but And Marlon Mack's got some, some wheels, man. Yes. I, I That whole, but like you said, there's a lot of these weird running back situations. This is where you're not popping up and getting a top five. Like, Marlon Mack's not going to be a top five running back. No. Um. I could see so San Francisco is a weird one. Dude, the Bills. What to do with LaShawn McCoy? Because I I think you can actually get LaShawn McCoy at such a good discount, you might want to take him. On a, on another team. I mean like he's on the Bills and the Bills invested heavily in O line this year. Yeah. And if you're getting him for how late do you like, I I what round would I spend a pick on LaShawn McCoy? What I, I always ask myself, where would I spend a pick on this guy? Who do I think is going to be here? In my head is, who 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 would I take over him? And to be honest, like I I think LaShawn There's, McCoy and Mark Ingram yeah. are two guys that are older, especially LaShawn McCoy. I think LaShawn McCoy, if he's not showing any injury issues, can be a guy who you get late, who might show that one last year like DeMarco Murray had. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest with you, uh, Baltimore and Buffalo, they really don't have killers after their starters. Baltimore's got uh, Ingram with, with Gus, Gus Edwards, Edwards behind Justice them. Hill, Kenneth Dixon. And, all very weird guys who all seem to perform like decently. And the thing that I like about Baltimore and their their running back situation is that they have a running quarterback. I think, and that yeah. seems to benefit their, their – we said this before with David Johnson – Running quarterbacks help your 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 running back. Yep, you got that it, guy. It takes attention away. Exactly. If if, if the they're worrying about the the read option, they're worrying about play action. They're worrying about way too much. Where you're going to start confusing some of the linebackers. Yep. That's why Mark Ingram. But the only problem is, is I don't know. Like I also don't know if John Harbaugh feels like he's going to be married to Mark Ingram. No, I don't think so. I think I also I thought who the guy Alex Collins that was going that was on that team last year. Yeah, I thought he was going too high last year yeah. in a lot of leagues. Um, Mark Ingram, I think, is a better running back than Alex Collins, but I think he's lost some speed over his time. Yeah, and he's also guys had some injury issues, so I don't know. These are all guys who it's like I don't know if I'd want to take them at a certain point. Uh, maybe if I'm taking them later, Lashawn McCoy. Darius Geis. Darius Geis is the one that I, I really like if I can see him come back and play well. If I can see some kind of step forward, even in the preseason, I get to see him play in the preseason, I'd feel very good with Darius Geis. Would you say that Washington had a successful run game last year with Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson? I thought that it was pretty decent. I thought it was decent. And and I think Geis now is a better – if Geis returns to what Geis was last year, before he had the injury, which again is a big question mark. And he had it week one. It was week four. It was preseason, correct? Preseason. So my thing is to counter your point with almost like the same point. I feel like 
he's going into a tough situation. Well, they also have a potential holdout from their left tackle. Okay. Because their left tackle had said he had he had some issues with uh, their medical staff, and he said, I don't want to deal with it anymore. So Their medical staff is really bad. So I just think that uh, he's ge- – I can't say his name. Geese? Geese. Geese. Goose. Um, I just think that he's going into a tough situation as far as fighting for that job, coming off of an injury. Coming off an injury that has had – setbacks too. correct and and that's my thing it's like okay if he's if he's good he wins it and there's no more questions asked about adrian peterson or chris thompson taking snaps away from him but the fact that he's going in and they may baby hit well it reminds me of dalvin cook from last year yeah and dalvin cook went pretty high in a lot of but who was dalvin cook competing against for the job latavius murray and i don't think they were that they didn't have like a better, be, be, a they good didn't have year, a better spot, a, better year than Chris Thompson and, and Adrian Peterson had last year. That's true. Um, um, the the uh, the the San Francisco running backs, Coleman, McKinnon, Brita. I like Kyle Shanahan has a good system for running backs, and if you catch the right one of those guys, see, I don't know which one I'd want to take though, and I don't know where I'd spend the pick on them. Because McKinnon can do really well in that system. I, I think McKinnon can be the the RB1A like, and Tevin Coleman could be the RB1B. Like, yeah. we saw that in, in Atlanta. We saw them have two good running backs. Yeah. They invest in O-line. Uh, I have McKinnon and Coleman can catch out of the backfield. I did not like McKinnon going in the third round last year in mock drafts, but... If like he's going to be, but if I can top get top of the third round, also. yeah, he was, he was like three one. I think now people are walking it back. I think almost to the extent where if he's healthy going into the year, you get him at the right spot, you might be winning your league. I think that's one of those guys who late round running backs, later round, not late mm-hmm. round, but later round, like fifth, sixth, seventh round running backs that, especially because there's a lot of ambiguity around the situation, you might get them a lot later. Um, Marlon Mack, we kind of talked about very good O line on that team. Yeah, and honestly, if if one of those other teams, Zeke Elliott or uh, or the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, yeah. with Melvin Gordon traded away a running back, I think they should trade him to the Colts. And if I'm the Colts, I might take that take that under advisement because, and, and I would negotiate that contract before he comes on your team. But you have so much in cap room. Yeah, a guy who can catch run inside and out you have a good o-line you've invested well you're going to be going to the to the playoffs now they might also just sit there and say you know what it's just not valuable enough for us to take a running back yeah i'm just looking i'm looking over running back seeing if there was um anybody that we missed anybody else. i mean we kind of talked about kareem hunt when we were talking about nick chubb yeah at what point do you do you take uh kareem hunt i don't know if i'm taking him only because you're talking about having a guy sit on your your roster for eight weeks, right? Now, I could see it if you do a no RB strategy, and you're trying to say, "Hey, if I make it," but there, the problem with Kareem Hunt is you're not getting Kareem Hunt, and he's going back on the Kansas City Chiefs, and you know his situation, and you know he's going to be the lead back. Mm-hmm. This isn't like I'm getting. A, I have to have a guy sitting on my roster for eight weeks, and then he's going to be guaranteed the number one spot. So I don't know if I really want to even have him on my roster for eight weeks. I might just because you're going to get tired of having a guy taking up a roster spot. 
It depends on how deep your bench is. This too. is this is the. But other... I can usually gauge that like how I can't see myself holding Kareem Hunt on my roster. I can see myself holding Kareem Hunt. This is why. Um, last year I had success with my fantasy team, and what happened was though is like I'm not the best wire player, and I feel like putting Kareem Hunt on your bench is guaranteeing that second oomph come the season, especially if you but we don't have an that. injury. I feel we like I know. We don't know they're going to use him. We don't know how I, they're going to use him. I we think they'll know. use him. I think they'll definitely. But they could use him like they used Duke Johnson, which was barely. They could use him as Correct. a 50% guy. And again, But look still... at Duke Johnson at 50% compared to Kareem Hunt at 50%. You're going to get a lot more. No, but I don't mean 50% usage. Like I mean, like, I, I just mean, like, you're 50% of what he even got, like, because, again, you usually have, like, the way the Browns operated last year, they used Nick Chubb. They used him. Okay. Yeah. When when uh, Kitchens took over as offensive coordinator, they used Nick Chubb, and they made sure they used Nick Chubb. He caught the ball out of the backfield, and he one of his best catches was like freaking on the head of the guy and yeah. and manages to maintain control all the way down so he doesn't do that better than nick chubb he doesn't like i honestly think they both have really good contact balance i think nick chubb has more burst nick chubb is a home run hitter nick chubb actually might be a better running back than kareem hunt the only thing i'll say about kareem hunt is nick, uh, kareem hunt's contact balance is really good mm-hmm. i think they signed kareem hunt because it's a stock chip Mm-hmm. That he was, they were willing to take the flyer on him. They they still had Duke Johnson on the roster, and they might be able to trade Duke Johnson, and then they'll have a really good backup, and they can make it all the way to next year to the draft, and still draft somebody late who could be a backup to Nick Chubb for the next two years. And if Nick Chubb gets injured halfway through, then it's great. They have Kareem Hunt. Let me ask you this question: You would take Nick Chubb though in your fantasy draft? In my fantasy draft, yes. Okay, if you take Nick Chubb. In what like well no let's just say you have Nick Chubb on your roster now, Kareem Hunt let's say Kareem Hunt is uh, the number one running back or the number one pick like overall that the it's recommending to you do you take Kareem Hunt put him on your bench if you have Nick Chubb on your team like as a handcuff as a handcuff but like a bench guy you now you know you're not going to be able to use him until week nine yeah but if the Browns start because this is my thing. I, Do you draft handcuffs to your guys? I would, but this is this is where I really like uh, Kareem Hunt. I love him as a late year flex player over any wide receiver, not uh, any wide receiver, not any wide yeah. receiver, but any flex wide receiver. I'm saying, like, imagine if you have Nick Chubb, you have another running back, you know, RB two, you got your two wide receivers, and you got Kareem Hunt as your flex. That's that's a deadly. I think it's a deadly weapon. I think he's going to do things. I really do. I, it's the ambiguity. It's eight weeks is a long time in fantasy. You might eight weeks is all the way to you know. You might know if you're out of the out of the league in that's eight a, weeks. That's, what that's I'm the other thing. Yeah, and you can be eight weeks in and lose and be out. Another reason I draft Kareem Hunt. Trade bait. I think if you're in a league that it's it's a valuable thing, it might not be. Hey. You it all comes down to, to your league. That part it, comes down to your league. Yeah. Is there any other running backs that you really wanted to talk about? Um, is there anybody you think I forgot? Anybody that uh, maybe sparked your interest? I know you have the rosters out right now. I mean, uh, I did see in some leagues, uh, in some mocks rather, Daryl Henderson going early, but we know that's just because of Todd Gurley's injuries. 
What He's about the, the when do you What about him? the Vikings uh, backup? The one that they drafted this year? Because I think I just saw you scroll uh, past the Vikings a little bit. Minnesota, uh, Madison. Yeah, but they also have a Abdullah on that team. Also, I don't, I don't trust Abdullah. He he fumbles a lot. Correct, but I think as far as touches, I don't think Madison's going to be the backup guy to Cook. I think Abdullah actually has that, even though it's wrong on mine. Gotcha. I think yeah. Um, yeah, I just uh, and who is the backup to Lashawn McCoy? Oh yeah, that's another thing about that was another good point for Lashawn McCoy. They have Frank Gore. That's not the issue I have. They have TJ. They drafted Devin Singletary in the third round. They signed TJ Yeldon. They signed Frank Gore. That's a lot of players. That there's a lot of running backs on that roster right now. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing that I might worry about with Lashawn McCoy is that there's just a lot of players there that if he starts to fall off, he'll be very easily replaced. Yeah, uh, someone who. Not, not isn't the, is the best running back, but honestly, the guy who I'm most interested in out of those four, though, is TJ Yeldon. Yeah, and I, then Devin Singletary. I've I've been following TJ Yeldon since he was a senior in high school. Um, Does he know? <laughs> no, no, no. And I haven't been following him in that way. Okay, <laughs> but um, no, but uh, what does his living room look like? No, no his. Uh, I just remember every year I see it on my uh, like my time hop or whatever. I was watching the senior bowl game, and I said, T.J. Yeldon will be the next big thing, calling it now. And he wound up being a Heisman winner trophy, mm-hmm. Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and he got drafted by the Jaguars, and he never really popped out. Maybe one year he had, like, a really good year towards the end of the season. But this guy is – he's a weapon. Like – when when they put him on the field, you're just like he, he can catch. He's a he can run. It was weird because it's he's very um to me he when was, he's had the chance to do it though. Oh, he's that, never done it. And and that's he's like a he's a bulkier Tevin Coleman. I always re, he always reminded me of Reggie Bush. He was bigger than he, Reggie Bush. He, he's, yeah, he's actually I think a better downhill runner than Reggie Bush. But but Reggie Bush always had that like that that figure compared to the other running backs on the field. And all of a sudden, you see that guy just turning, spinning, making moves. The thing with TJ Yeldon is whenever I see him do good in a game, mm-hmm. like you see a play or you're like, who the hell was that? Like, because it looks like a totally different player. It's always TJ Yeldon. Like, I always I always see this guy like, wow, who is that? He just has that that wow factor on, on his big play. His big plays are big plays. And then... He has I, no he, I, other He game. popped as a rookie, and he was a second-round pick, and I yeah. liked him a lot. But, I, again, I he's had opportunities, and he's never really done yeah. anything with I, I also Now, you can blame it on the Jags. I, I blame it the on Jags. the Jags. I feel like, okay, you had TJ Yeldon and Chris Ivory on the Jags for that little. Yeah. And neither one. Who was starting in front of them? Because it, it was before Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And I remember T.J. Yeldon and Chris Ivory were the backup running backs. Who was the Who was that guy in front of them? But I just remember Chris Ivory. He had he had a Pro Bowl season off the Jets. Went to the Jaguars and did nothing. <laughs> and well, they, just, they did nothing that year. They, I mean, there was someone I forget who it was, but that's who I'm going to put the blame in. There was someone in front of T.J. Yeldon and Chris Ivory on the Jags mm-hmm. before Leonard Fournette, who did not belong to be in front of them. And the Jaguars had a really, really good um, running back squad, and they just had the wrong guy scoring. I forget who that guy was, but and the other one, I you know, I know we talked about. I think we're kind of hitting the end of the list. Oh yeah, 
but we talked a little bit. We talked a lot about Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis is another guy who I I like Deion Lewis as a player, and I think he's a more versatile player. Yeah. And there's a quite the opportunity for Deion Lewis to end up being the the more well, valuable he, player. He was last year. He, he was. was last year. He played. He started more games for Tennessee. He he um, had definitely more touches throughout the year and all that stuff. It was just that that lightning struck Derrick Henry at the yeah. end of the year, and you're like, wow, why don't you do this <laughs> like all so, the time? Again, the, like that bulk of players, like that the David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. I like their rookies. Um, I'm more interested in David Montgomery right now than Miles Sanders because I think there's a little bit more risk with Miles Sanders that I just don't think the coach would put him on the field. Derrick Henry, I just don't believe that they're going to utilize him. McKinnon and Coleman and Breida, if you get the right one, it might be like that year with uh, Coleman and uh, Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. But again, McKinnon's coming off an injury too. Yeah, and then Indianapolis. If you could figure out what their backfield's going to be like, that might be interesting. Once you get past like RB seventeen, though, of like what you're drafting, it's really who do you think is going to pop? So, uh, I think that concludes the running back. So, unless you have like any kind of final thoughts on it, um, I know we talked strategy. I mean, we, we talked players. All right, so let me ask you this weird question: um, Who, other than where the time is split? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're not. I'm not talking like a, a, a well. Who's a team that's going to be split in time from running backs? Let's give a good example. Uh, well, the Titans. Yeah, Deion Lewis, Derek Henry. So other than or a, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, other than a team that's like that, who's the highest second string running back that you're taking? Highest, like so, what, so, RB2? Like outside of top twelve, you're saying? No, no, no. I'm saying like, all right. So let's say you have your your. You're 31, 32, 30 teams. How many teams? So you got 32, right? Yeah. So other than your starting running backs per team, mm-hmm. um, and then like those other guys who may be the starters, let's count them out of it. Those other guys who are splitting. T- like who is, who do you think is the best back? I'm just saying. Oh, like you the, mean like might not be the starter. Might not be the starter, but you're going to put him on your bench because. Well, Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. Yeah. The, the Chicago Bears. Uh, first off, because I really don't believe that much in Mitch Trubisky, but I do think that defense is crazy, and I don't think they're going to take too much of a step back. Mm-hmm. And also because that O-line's really good, and the head coach actually knows how to scheme the ball into his players' hands, and they he like he will scheme it into his running back's hands a lot of the time. That's why he didn't like Jordan Howard, is that he can't catch. He likes to, he likes to kind of spread things out. He likes to create a lot of movement. Uh, I like that Bears backfield, and I think I want either one of those guys at a certain point. Mm-hmm. They might be the guys who I really want to take. I know we're like uh, again the San Francisco 49ers, because again, like I want to. If I'm going to take a guy who's on the second string, I either want a guy who's a rookie who can blow up. Who's uh Who's LA's second string running back? Chargers. Austin Eckler. That's I like that pick. I really do. Now Melvin Gordon, like I granted Melvin Gordon's going to start. I like Austin Eckler. I mean, last because year because there's a holdout right now too. Yeah, and, and that, that holdout. That it. Yeah, I, I like Austin Eckler. Uh, oh, well over Henderson, over the Todd Gurley, but and then I mean Dallas has nobody though. So, but I yeah, really that's Austin. A, Austin that, that's a good thing to remember. Yeah, the, Austin, the Austin Eckler. Eckler part of it. Now again, that, that and you like. I remember you more. liked him a lot going into last year. We will know more about that situation as we get into football mm-hmm. and as we get into. Uh, you're right, Austin Eckler, especially if they don't have Melvin Gordon, 
might be a, a good player to keep a tab on as far as I don't know if I'd be drafting him super high because no, I don't no, think no. he has a, but he's a, a high ceiling. He kind of reminds me like uh, Brandon Oliver. Yeah. When when everybody kept on going down on the Chargers, all the running backs, they had yeah. Danny Woodhead and uh, Ryan Matthews. So that's a good guy to keep uh, an eye on. Are there any other names that kind of jump out to you? Well, he's starting, but I don't think we actually even talked about him. Really quick, let's go over Damian Williams last year going into this year. Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he's the starting guy. He has... I put him. I think I would put him in that realm of right after Josh Jacobs in that in that zone of like I Market, if I, yeah. if I need an RB two Kenyon Drake another guy those two I and Kenyon Drake's way lower on my list yeah, yeah. I think I think Kenyon Drake has potential I don't know how interested the team is in and also he's on Miami and Miami's tanking people know <laughs> it Miami is not interested in getting to the playoffs this year. Nope. I think they're going. I think they're going to play hard. I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. But I was, I, I was surprised that they went for uh, Josh uh, Rosen. Actually, to be honest with you, I'm not too shocked because it didn't cost them much, and they ended up trading down. Correct. And they but, got a second round pick next year, which I think was what they were seeing the value in. So they found ways of getting value out of that trade that turned into a second round pick next year, and they got a quarterback who might be a franchise quarterback. I think that Miami will have a quarterback from the University of Oregon next year. You think they're going to take Herbert? I think, well, they have the number one pick, and if if Rosen doesn't do anything this year or does what they – I think you're going to have the situation <laughs> – I think it's going to be like the curse of Rosen. <laughs> I think you might keep, have the same situation in team. Miami next year. He'll, if, he'll be in New York next year. <laughs> he'll be in the New York Giants. Giants, and the Giants might do the same thing the year after. Well, except for the Giants. I think he'll actually – if he ends up going to the Giants, I think he'll actually play well. Yeah. Because they actually have built up that old line. It's kind of like the – it's really the curse of, one, like, Bradford. <laughs> like, Sam Bradford did the same thing. Number one quarterback, number one draft pick, and just, like, went to every team. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, he's basically – not for nothing, a lot of the comps to him were Sam Bradford coming up. And, so it's kind of funny and a little strange yeah. that he gets that uh, – Considering Bradford – well, Bradford got uh, drafted by the Rams, right? Yeah. But he wound up on Arizona at one point. Since you brought up Damian Williams – I think I put him in that Leonard Fournette, Carrion Johnson, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle, Josh Jacobs area. Yeah. I don't know which one of those guys I would rather. I think I'd take all those guys over him, depending on how I feel with Leonard Fournette going into the year. I think uh, I think the, the I think the other four guys in that grouping I take over Damian Williams. I think depending on how I feel about the Jags going into the year, I could see myself taking Damian Williams over Leonard Fournette, especially now that we know that there's going to be less. I think that, you know Tyreek Hill's still going to be there, so you have Tyreek Hill on the outside. You have guys that are. I so just, I, I don't just, see. I think they're going to be less of a step down yeah. for Pat Mahomes. I feel like this is my outlook on Damian Williams. He's going to make me really, really mad during the draft, and it's because he's going to come up as the he's starting. He's an RB two. Yeah, he's an RB two, and I I'm go, I want to draft him as an RB two. I would love to draft him as an RB two, but you know someone's going to draft him high. Because he's situation. There's the situation he's in. Kansas City starting running back. You're gonna have a guy that's been playing fantasy for the last three, four years. Be like, oh my god, how is Damian Williams still here? Like he's this almighty. Like he is Kareem Hunt starting on the Kansas City Chiefs, and take him. And I'm gonna be really mad because he'd be a great guy if you like your third running back picked. Not not your RB three. Yeah. But your third running back pick that is a solid solid backup to to. To yeah. have, so, I'm and I really do think that he could possibly be a guy that works his way up into top ten at least running backs. 
I yeah, but I here like I said before, I try to look for the guys who can hit top five value. And yeah. I don't think he'll have that value. No, that's no, no. why I have him maybe RB sixteen, RB seventeen. I think he range. doesn't hit that value just because those guys exist already, though. Yeah, I like, yeah, that's it, the other like thing. you understand what I'm saying. Like, you, but I could see Barkley, Zeke, you, you like those guys I could exist. See Sony Michelle being a top five running back. And I think he can edge out somebody in the right I do, situation. I, I do too. too, but but there's the thing. Aaron Jones, Carry on Johnson. You're right. There's I'm an counting. There, there's going to be injuries. Yeah, it's whether those injuries happen mm-hmm. to the right people. I feel like if not you have injuries, but other things happen. It's yeah. not just the player themselves. It's the injuries around the team. It's uh, how independent they are from their own line. It's the like Saquon Barkley, right? The reason why Saquon Barkley is in a really high range for me is we saw him with a bad quarterback and a bad O line last year, and he was still a very good cor- uh, running back as far as for PPR and even for standards. Yep. So it's not going to get worse than it was last year. I, I don't th- think. I think though, because I think even Daniel Jones can th- can check down to to Saquon Barkley. And but this is the thing, and even if you hate Daniel Jones, last year with the Giants, all right, we saw Saquon Barkley do uh, what he did. Yeah, and he had a great year, and he's got a better O line around him. He's got a better O line, but I don't think he has the same weapons taking the focus off of him. I mean, you had Odell Beckham last year. Now they got rid of Odell Beckham. They replaced him with Golden Tate. You got Sterling Shepard, so he's going to get looked at a lot more. Now but it's that just stop Saquon. Said, it is stop. It's the stop Saquon game. Yeah, and believe me, you don't have to stop anyone else on that team. But uh, unless they have some guy that comes out of nowhere, maybe Golden Tate does come out. And, I know. I listen. I think if Golden Tate went to another team, I think he'd be. I wouldn't feel too bad about Golden Tate. But I just don't. But I, I Eli just, Manning's not accurate enough as a quarterback, and I don't know what the fuck what? Daniel Jones is or why they draft him so high. <laughs> oh, DJ, talk about DJ. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, but uh, what I. But I think that that's the that's your number one problem being the best player on the team is that everyone I mean it's it's uh you're playing you play devil's advocate with your you're the guy I got the best player on the team but guess what he's the best player on the team so that's We're all your defenses and, and again I don't think the team the, the team is worse because they don't have Odell that's the worst part about it I think that the fact that he can catch out of the backfield that there is the big play potential out of him. And let's not forget the first the the big stat was that uh, Barkley. How many receive? I think he had the two receiving touchdowns he had mm-hmm. last year. Oh, from uh, Odell. Odell Beckham Jr. threw them to him. So yeah, uh, I think that concludes this episode. Yeah, uh, I think we hit everything. I think <laughs> it's a, yeah. I mean, running back is an extensive that's position, a, that, and you and have that, to be careful with it. And we didn't even go over guys who catch out of the backfield strictly because it's just there's so many of them, and they fill out the the rest of your roster pretty well. You know, like we were talking about Tariq Cohen. That's probably the best one. Yeah, and we didn't even hit um, so far the biggest hyped like uh, as as being a steal in this draft is uh, Pettis. He's getting a lot of hype this year. We didn't even touch him. Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis. Yeah. He's a receiver. Oh, okay. Never mind. That's right. That's why we didn't talk about it. <laughs> um, All right. So you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at Brojo Defunch. That's B R O J O. Death is in the end of life, and punch like that stuff you drink at parties. And uh, I don't know if you want to – do you have a plug for yourself? Or? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say you can follow me at Pums142 on Instagram. Um, there's not going to be anything football-related on that, but we are going to make uh, a Instagram this year for the fantasy football league that we're in. Yes. So by state fantasy. I don't know exactly what we're going to put on there, but we're going to do it because I feel like doing it. 
And so that I don't have a handle for you. Maybe next episode I will. Mm -hmm. And um, we will, you can follow a league. And we're still looking for one position, but I don't know where that's going to go. So we got to figure that out. Thank you. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to pee.